Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William, and welcome to today's episode of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we tackle a topic related to the field of leadership. My goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. Growth doesn't just happen. My goal is to help you become intentional about it. Each week, we spotlight leaders from a variety of fields, organizations, and locations. And my goal is for you to see that leaders can be catalytic no matter where they are or what they lead. I draw inspiration from the stories and journeys of these leaders, and I hear from many of you that you do too. Let's jump in to today's interview. I'm so excited today to have on the show Jonathan Rivera. His teachers said that he would never amount to anything, but God had another plan for him. From a high school dropout to faith-driven entrepreneur, living a life of limitless possibilities. Jonathan believes the right words from the right person at the right time can change your life. And that's exactly why he's dedicated his life to having meaningful conversations at scale. His core values are faith, family, fitness, and finances. Jonathan says that God gave us talents and we must use them to make the world a better place. That's why he built the Podcast Factory. Every day they are inspiring, entertaining, and influencing their listeners to live lives of infinite fulfillment. Jonathan, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for being on the show. Let me tell you something. Deep, deep, deep level of respect for any guy that can get through an intro like that in one shot. You're a professional. (laughs) I know I'm in good hands now, right? I'm like, yes. (laughs) What a start. So I'm excited to be here, brother. It's going to be a great conversation. I've been looking forward to this one. Jonathan, I'd love for you to start by sharing some of your story with our listeners particularly around your journey and your development as a leader. How did you get started? Man, it's interesting when you think about that because we're not born leaders and it seems like uh, we have to learn. And people like me who were dumb and barely made it out of high school, we we don't learn too easy, right? So we got to take a lot of bumps, a lot of bruises, a lot of kicks in the rear, to learn things, man. But I, I have always, I don't know. I, I, I have always wanted to do something good. My parents planted the seeds of virtue in me, and and the good news is that uh, even though it took a while, those seeds sprouted, and I get to do good work today. But it, it's really not, not for me. What, what what I've done here is create something where I got to get to live my mission every every day, like you said, right words, right person, right time, change a life. I get to do that. And so since I'm blessed to be able to do that beautiful mission, um, I won't let anything get in my way. All right. No matter what happens, I won't let it. It could be good. It could be bad. I, I get knocked down. I get back up. And so my journey to being a leadership is tied to my desire to do something good because a lot of people talk about what's wrong in the world and this problem and that problem, but they don't do anything about it. And I feel blessed getting to do something about it every single day, enlightening people, encouraging people, lifting people up. And so 
the journey has been a long one. There's been a lot of bumps and bruises, but it wouldn't be possible, number one, without my mission and purpose, without finding what God put me on this earth for. And number two, having a beautiful team and wonderful people around me who have supported me in the ups and downs. And so if if anything, it's that I did not want to let these people down. That's my journey to being a leader. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I imagine that you've learned a few things about leadership along the way, probably like most of us, some the the hard way and some from other people. I would love to know how you, at this point in your journey, would define leadership. It's weird because the first thing that I think of, don't kick me off the show, <laughs> is love. No chance. Love. It's love. Yeah, that's that's where I am in my leadership today. And, and this is straight from, from the Bible. We must do everything from love, in love. God is love, right? And so knowing that I have this purpose that's bigger than me, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to need other people to help me, knowing that it's not totally in my hands, I have the love to glorify God's name and do this mission, right? Do the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I also have the love to build my team up. And it wasn't always this way. Let's not, let's not pretend. Look, I would, I would, I was rough. Okay. I was rough in the beginning. Uh, I didn't know any better. Nobody taught me how to be a businessman. I had to learn and make mistakes. But what I've noticed in the last couple years is that my leading doesn't come from ego now. It doesn't come from I'm the boss and this is the way we do things. It comes from love. And the way that it shows up is it just like when we have a kid, for all of you that have children out there like me, when that little child is bouncing around and, and falling and trying to to learn to walk, we don't like yell at them, hey, get up and, and get it right. Let me walk for you. You know, They're never going to learn. We encourage them. We love them. And so I've taken that same feeling and transferred it to the work I do with my team. So leading them with love, leading them with ideas and leading them by example of what things should look like. And I had a situation yesterday where there's three of us in the leadership team. We were doing our meeting, right? I got the the CFO, I got the COO, and I've got me. And dude, they are complaining about a client. And I'm like, and they won't stop both of them are complaining. And this is not typical. All right. This is not typical. They, they love our clients, but this one particular client is driving them nuts. And I can tell them, I, I did tell them on the call because I asked him, you know, what do you guys, what do you think your role is? Well, we're supposed to keep our clients happy. And I'm like, well, I've got two examples right here in the last two weeks where this is not happening. So are we actually trying to keep them happy or is there something else going on? And both of them were kind of like taken aback. Okay, what what are you talking about now? I'm not yelling at them. I'm not getting angry. I'm asking them a question. Are we doing what we say we're doing? And when we started breaking things down, it just wasn't right. And and I, I stepped in. So now I'm going to lead by example. Okay, so I understand we are, we're having some difficulty here. I I like I love all our clients, right? Because when I talk to somebody and I get invested in their mission and I want to jump on board and help them with it, I, I fall in love with our clients. How many times am I going to say love on this show, right? 
<laughs> but I, I, I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to jump on a call. Give me a piece of paper, write everything down. So they had an email and then they wrote all their notes, this and that, and, and you know, arguing everything. And I took that thing and I said, you sit next to me and listen to me on this call. And I started the call and ended the call all on a positive note, but got everything straightened out that for weeks and weeks they couldn't. And why? Because I was listening because I care, because I want to know what the problem is, and I want to know how I can do better so that I can fix it. That's the thing, right? And so my team, what they didn't get, and this is so, this could change your life if if you get this, they thought that saying yes all the time, yes, we'll do that, yes, we'll take care of that, that was being loving and taking care of the clients, making the client miserable, making them miserable. I said, look, saying yes all the time is not caring for the client, leading that client, finding out what they not need, what they want, where we're going wrong, and giving them a path to success, leading them. That's caring for them. And it was like, oh, I didn't, I never thought of leadership that way. I, I never thought of taking care of our clients by saying no that way, but I I, I wanted to show them. And, and that's what I've found in the last couple of years, man, leading with love, caring, nurturing, watching these people grow, our clients grow, our team grow, ha- has made my life infinitely better. Yeah, I love that story, Jonathan. It reminds me of something that Craig Rochelle said one time when members of his team were complaining to him about their clients. And, and they said, well, they won't do this and they won't do that and they won't do this. And he said, hang on a second, let's stop for a second. It's because we haven't led them to. It reminds me exactly what you're describing with your team. And I love the the authenticity there and the recognition that, hey, we need to we need to look at this from a different perspective as leaders. We need to understand our role here. Understand that we we may not have done what we are supposed to do. So let's before we point the finger, let's be very, very careful there. It, it reminds me of what what I read in the intro, right? You you talk about how the right person at the right time the right word. That sounds like exactly what you did in that situation. You brought the right word to your team. I hope so. And I, I, even at a deeper level, the right, the right heart, right? The, the right version of me to yeah. help them grow without being, I just, dude, I've spent so many years angry. I'm tired, right? I'm, I, I, I got to put all that behind me, all that teenage angst and all that stuff. I just want to be happy, peaceful, joyful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like that's outstanding. You you talk and as I was reading about you and, and learning more about you in preparation for this interview, you you say say a number of things that intrigue me that I want to ask you about. One of the things that you say is that the customer is always wrong. I, I gotta tell you, I don't hear that very often. I would love to hear you unpack that just a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna share a story where I screwed up on this recently. Okay. To, to illustrate what I'm talking about here. And, and so we're selective about the people we work with. We want people with a message. We want people with a mission. We want people doing good things so that we can fall in love with that mission and help power it, put some of our love into it to power it. And I have to keep that in perspective and I don't always do that. Okay. So I'm guilty of not always doing that. I had a call with some guys. And they were doing a, an incredible, incredible amount of work. And it wasn't paying off for them. 
Mm-hmm. They were doing so much content, so much media. And I, I, I was on the call and I'm asking questions, learning more about their business, learning what they're doing, processes, everything, learning as much as I can to find out, hey, why isn't this working? And when I get in there, I'm like, good grief. This is all messed up. And I feel bad, right? Years and years of work, hundreds of episodes, and they're not getting any calls. And I'm like, guys, you're doing something wrong, but I really respect your persistence. And what they needed was somebody to guide them to bring all these things together. And I thought, well, look, you guys, you know what? You don't, you don't need more podcasting. In fact, I might talk you out of podcasting for a little while while we look at your systems that are here and we fix them. So I'm trying to give them what they need. But they come back to me with, well, we were really just looking for production and getting some of this work off our plate. They are wrong. They're wrong about what they need. And I screwed up though, right? Because I needed to sell them that production in order to deliver what they actually needed. I needed to get that contract and get that gig so that I could help them do better. And that's the way most of our customers are. They they want all kinds of things. They're, they're watching too much IG and TikTok and flipping through commercials, right? They want a lot. What they really need is totally different. But in order for us to get in the door and be able to help people, sometimes we got to just sell them what they want and give them what they need. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that takes a that takes a special kind of wisdom and experience to know that what they're saying, what they're what they say that they want is not what they need. Like not just anybody can do that. It cost me it cost me the the uh the assignment, right? But then I went back and looked at it and said, okay, well here's where I went wrong. They really they wanted production. I should have just given that to them and then I would have been in there and then I could have consulted them and fixed everything because then they would already be paying me and respect me. And so that's a call out to everybody out there listening is so if, if if you're really doing good work, you have to sell that thing and get your foot in the door so that you can make that change that these people need and that you can deliver. You you talk about how repetition is your reputation. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I call it the the law of reps. And I think in today's world, so many people are, their their expectations are crazy for instant gratification, quick dopamine hit. What do we call it? The the microwave society. It's, they need something quickly. And I get it. I get it. You've been conditioned and I'm sorry, but if you're hearing this right now and you're going through that, maybe this little piece of awareness can help you break free of it. Mm. But here's the thing is we are what we repeatedly do. Mm. We are. So if you're repeatedly flicking through TikTok and all that stuff, then you're nothing but a consumer doing nothing, right? Yep. And so the law of reps is we, we are what we do. So we may as well choose to do good things. Mm. So for instance, with me, I have limited capacity in this world. So I got to do the things that are important, the things that are going to move the dial, the things that are going to get closer to my purpose and my mission. And that's having conversations with guys like you. Mm -hmm. That's leading my team. That's talking to my clients and helping them. Those are the things that I do over and over again. So that's who I am and that's how people know me. So we got to ask ourselves, what are we doing over and over again? Who do we say we are? And out 
are our actions aligning with that? Mm-hmm. And whatever you do is who you are. So think about it. What are you doing right now? <laughs> and that and that over time really reveals integrity or or not. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> right. You know, so many people are are waiting. They're just, they're saying, well, it's just not the right time right now. Well, you know, I'll get there. Well, I'm, I'm going to start doing my reps. I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I'm going to start building this. And, and they just keep delaying. They just keep waiting for the, for the perfect time, the perfect season, the perfect set of circumstances. Yeah. So I, I like, there's a couple things that I want to highlight there. And, and one of them is, is, one that I'm learning now as I'm a little bit older and getting is the idea of seasons. So, so I do like that idea of different seasons for different things in life. And, and I think that's real. And, and when we start thinking about work-life balance and, and, and all that kind of stuff, I don't agree with that. I think there's harmony in life when you know what season you're in and you ride that wave. So I wanted to bring up that, that idea of season, but there is no, there is no right time. The time is right now. If it's fitness season, baby, then get to the gym, start eating right and lifting weights, right? If it's business season, then start booking calls and doing sales and doing whatever it is. Whatever that season is, we have to get in there and just commit. And this is one of the most interesting things. I had a conversation with a friend on a podcast the other day, and and he gave me this idea that I never heard of. He's like, did you know that there were levels of commitment? level. I I mean, I didn't know that there was like a a scale of commitment, either committed or not. And that's what we're living in is a society where people think, oh, I'm slightly committed. I'm I'm a little more committed. I'm I'm committed today, but not tomorrow. That's not committed. Okay. Yeah. You you know what I'm talking about. I love that. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) It's a binary state, right? Right. Right. Oh, that's so good. There is not a level of commitment. No. I never heard that before. It's nuts. <laughs> you strike me as somebody who's very intentional, Jonathan, somebody who is purposeful in what they do and how they do it. Are there rituals or, or practices or disciplines that are a part of your life, maybe part of your morning or part of your day that you would be willing to share with us? Oh, man, are there? What's interesting about it is, yes, there are. And then sometimes you got to get away from them. So over the last eight weeks, I've been very disciplined with uh, my diet and my weightlifting. I'm on a new program and I did it for the eight weeks and I just finished. So uh, today for lunch, instead of having protein, I had a bag of cookies. Okay. So <laughs> I ate a bag of cookies and I felt gross afterwards. There's but I was- a season for everything, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is gross, but I had to do it. I can't wait to get back to my protein. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I have, I have. Number one is God gifted me with discipline. Mm-hmm. And when you look up uh, in in the dictionary, like my son asked me about discipline the other day, he said, "Dad, is discipline a bad thing? Discipline sounds like what happens when I get in trouble." And I told him, "Go grab your dictionary." Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a kid's dictionary. Go grab your dictionary, open it up. Let's look at discipline today. And, and discipline, one meaning's bad, three meanings are good. <laughs> right? This goes back to the, the law of reps. This goes back to taking care of whatever it is. Like you said, intention. That that to me, that and discipline go together. But yeah, dude, I've got 
rituals, and I'm calling you, dude. I apologize, Doc. No, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I can be dude. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I, I know some classes, um, but I get excited. But yeah, I mean, for me, number one, and, and I've actually flipped things around in my priority list. So uh, I don't remember how you said it, if if it's right on, on the intro, but it, it's faith, fitness, family finances. Mm. That's because I had a mentor shift my thinking about this recently where he's like, hey, if you're not taking care of yourself, how do you take care of them or anything else? And so he got me to think about fitness at a higher level and not not just like lifting weights and stuff like that, but how you eat, how you sleep, how you live so that you can show up the best for your family mm, and good. for everybody that, that you get around. But yeah, discipline number one in the morning is uh, faith. Brother, I get out of bed, I get dressed, and I do a rosary. I'm old school. I get me a rosary in. takes about 16 minutes, and I love it. After that's a cup of coffee and reading uh, a bunch of devotional books that tie back to the Bible and then cross-referencing the stuff that I think is interesting in the Bible. And then after that, I share five or six friends what I read today and what I think they can use if I, I know something there that's useful for them. So that's how I start the day, and I started in faith and being a disciple, and that's what makes me feel good. And after that, I got to I got to look at fitness from the the idea of eating. <laughs> so I got to eat the right foods and I also take care of my family at that time because my son we homeschool so in the mornings with him walk a little bit uh of studying while we walk talking and all that stuff and then come back do my workout and then after I've done all of that right so I've got time with the family got homework done I took care uh, of my body and my mind and my soul then I can give everything I have left to work. And so my whole day is filling up my cup and then pouring out. That's that's how it works. Yeah, I like that. Do the people around you have an impact on any of that? Like the, the people that you choose to spend time with during the course of your day, do they, do they impact your mindset? Do they impact your intentionality? Do they impact your discipline? I mean... We live in a world surrounded by people who are going to impact what we're trying to do. And so we got to we got to ask ourselves a simple question. Does this bring me closer or further to what I am trying to accomplish today? Mm. And everything for me is always looking up at God first, keeping that connection first. And then I start looking at the other pieces. But, yeah, of course, the day is going to uh, take wild turns. Things are going to come up. People are going to come out of nowhere with new things that you didn't even know about. Right. So uh, yeah, that stuff is definitely, those are things that come into the day. Um, but it's, I'm so aligned with my intention and what's important to me. I don't allow that stuff to phase me. Like I know I got to spend time with my family. I want to, not, I, I got it. I got it for my heart to fulfill it. I know I got to be with God. I know I got to take care uh, of my body. And so I put all those things first and I don't really see the other stuff. I mean, sometimes it comes to my field of vision, but I try to just like, okay, that doesn't fit with what I'm doing. But dude, this is years of practice, years of practice. And and, and being this kind of Zen has only been like the last six months when I got my priorities really straight. So you, you built the podcast factor. Like, tell us a little bit about that. Why did you build it? What do you do? How does this make a difference? How are you moving the needle through this? 
man, I am so blessed to be able to do this. And the way it started was quite simply, I had a skill that other people found interesting. And that was a podcast skill. My first podcast was in 2008. And it's still out there and it's embarrassing. (laughs) It is embarrassing, friend. Uh, But it's out there. That's my body of work and and I'm going to claim it. But I I had that skill in, in podcasting and I had some friends who had helped me out quite a bit in business with my real estate business, with my personal development, with my growth. And I thought, hey, uh, why don't we hook you guys up with a podcast too? And then we can hang out, talk, chat. And anybody who listens, maybe they'll they'll get a golden nugget or two. Maybe they'll have some fun. And that's how it started. And then what happened was people started asking me, hey, I heard you doing a show with so-and-so. How do you do that? Hey, I heard you doing a show. Can you help me with that? And that's when we realized that there was a potential business there. And so we leaned into that and we started taking clients back in... Well, we did our first show in 2013, but we didn't start taking clients till 2015, two mm. years later. Mm. Um, and ever since then, it's been trying to figure out that that whole, the kernel of the idea was, hey, you have helped me out a ton. Let's record some conversations and see if we can help other people out. Let's just do that. That was uh, a form of giving. Yeah. And that turned into a business. And then it turned into a mission, right? Words from the right person at the right time can change a life. So right now at scale, there are at least, I don't know how many conversations are going on each day through the uh, network, but every day we are sharing encouraging words, uplifting words, uh, words that transform people. And I get to be a part as as my mission, but it's also my business. Yeah. And, and so I feel blessed about that situation. Jonathan, how do you stay on top of your game? How do you level up your leadership skills? Because I mean, the podcast factory is going to need you to lead at a higher level a year from now than yeah. they do today. How do you keep leveling up? How do you keep growing? A couple things is uh, is programming ourselves. How do we how do we program ourselves? I program myself through podcasts, through books, mostly. Uh, is my main thing. Audio books, regular books, uh, biographies are my favorite, learning what other leaders have done in situations, um, having the right group of friends, always up-leveling my friends. Because one of the things that happens is when you get to a certain level of success, some of the people that you started with might not be able to reach that level. So you're going to have to upgrade your friends. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly upgrading my friends and the ones who are coming up with me, giving them a hand up as well, but always looking to be around better people, better thinking, better ideas, better questions and conversations like this, where you ask me and I have to think about it and then say, well, well, here's what's next. But it's a constant uh, learning. And it's also a, a, a constant application. And so we think in terms of wisdom, which is a word you used earlier, people think that reading books will give them wisdom. It says it in the Bible. No, it won't. Words without actions are, are hollow. And so we have to not only just look at the word and think about the word, contemplate it, but we have to practice the word. And so this is not just in the Bible and not about being a Christian. This is about everything we do. 
there's too many people who are just talking a good game, right? And then and you look and you see, are your feet moving? Or are you just talking a good game? You know, they, these are the bobblehead people. They just, they keep taking in more and more information. Their heads get bigger and bigger, but their body never moves. Yeah. I like that. I never, I never thought of it that way. That's a good one. Bobblehead people. I'm guessing that you as an entrepreneur have faced some challenges. There's a, there's a, there's a perspective. I'm afraid by looking at social media and, and what's online that it looks like, oh, wow, man, Jonathan, he's just, he's just done great. It's just been up and to the right. He really hasn't had any challenges, but I'm guessing if you're like the rest of us, you probably have hit a bump or two along the way. What are some of the challenges that you have faced as an entrepreneur? Man, I think that uh, the first one we talked about earlier was was that ego when it started out. And we all have to have a certain level of ego to hang out our shingle and call ourselves a, a business. But that ego at some point does not serve you. Yeah, and so right. that was a huge one. That was a, a, a huge one uh, for me. And knowing that I have, I have to let go, right? I have to let go and turn the work over to some people who are better qualified. That that was a, a, a big one. Another one last year, a uh, big lesson, and this is the one that's made me so much happier and, and feel so much better today is learning, learning the lesson of surrender hmm. and realizing, and this is part of my faith journey that has helped me out so much was when I, I realized, hey, uh, all these uh, daily planners and weekly planners and goal planners and all this all this planning you're doing, Johnny, maybe it's not making you so happy. Maybe you ought to let go and perhaps let him drive, right? Let God's plan drive you. And when I realized that, because I was suffering at that time, business was bad. Our cost of goods was up. We were losing clients. Mm. Uh, dude, the credit card was going nuts. And, and I was feeling so crushed with all that. And, and the weird part was I was doing my daily prayers. I was doing my daily rosary. I decided to let go. And, and I got this weird, it's funny because it came to me in Spanish, but like the Holy Spirit talking to me, tranquilo. And tranquilo, tranquil, relax, right? Tranquilo is Spanish for relax. That's what the message was. Like, yes, this sucks. Relax. Let go. And when I let go, I felt a burden, just like like a weight off of my heart. Mm -hmm. And so something happened there where I realized, okay, so I got to let go and I got to let him drive. And it's gotten me closer to my purpose. It's gotten me closer to my family. It's gotten my fitness better. Realizing, relax. God wants you to work, but he also wants you to replenish or else you can't serve him. And that was the big realization there was, hey, just let go, surrender to God's plan, and then be available. This is an interesting one because we're in a world where if you're like me, I used to have my calendar filled up days, weeks, 23, 25 calls. I, I mean, I got up and loathe looking at my calendar. And when I said, tranquilo, relax, we're not doing this anymore. Nothing on my calendar. 
Now I'm available. What am I available for? My family, my fitness, my faith. And what else am I available for? Opportunities like this to speak with you and opportunities to help other people. I'm more available to do God's work now. And that's what he wanted from me. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. Jonathan, I love how your faith is just a part of who you are. And it's not just this compartmented piece of your life, but it has flowed through every part of your life. It touches everything. And I think for a lot of listeners, that's something that they're that they're hearing. And it's not as common as I think it should be. You know, so often we, we have this idea that we compartmentalize different parts of our lives and that, you know, what happens over here doesn't touch what happens over here and et cetera, et cetera. The, the fact is we're created to be integrated people where every part touches every other part, where we are one person. And that's what I'm hearing in you. Uh, uh, let's not, let's not, uh, put me up for a uh, canonization over, let's not call me a saint yet. Right. But well, I'm working, you know, I'm working. perfect. None of us are, <laughs> you know, but I, I just, I wanted to call that out because I think that's important to, to hear because too many people are trying to wall off different parts of their lives and not be fully authentically who they are everywhere they are. And that's what I'm hearing in you. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to call that out. Because I think that's standing out to the people who are listening. And that's why I feel happy now, though, right? Because like you said, if we're walling off a part of us, then we're not truly us, are we? And and yeah. the part that I'm really struggling with right now, I'll, I'll be candid with you, on my faith journey and my growth journey is, okay, I connect with my father daily. And even multiple times a day to keep that connection, because that's the way it is. We have to keep that connection throughout the day. The The other part, though, that completes that is the hard part for me. And that's that same connection, that same love needs to go out to all the people that I deal with every single day. Right. We got to love our brothers and sisters like ourselves. We got to we got to see the Christ Jesus in everyone that we encounter. And that is not always easy. Mm, no, it's but <laughs> that's the part I'm working on. Right. Because I know I have this this connection and, and it drops off and I, I, I reestablish it. I have that connection, the connection to the father. Now my my work is in connecting with my brothers and sisters so that we can create that energy flow between us create that goodness and bring that light to everything we do. And when I do have those pieces intact, in all the pieces connecting like like we're supposed to, what I realize is there's joy and peace. People smile at me. People look at me differently. Conversations are different. And I only get glimpses of it because I'm no good at it yet. But I'm working on it. I promise you that I'll be better at it next year than I am this year. Yeah. You're not where you're going to be yet, but you're also not where you were. Right. That's growth. And and that growth mindset, that growth posture that you're in, and that I've heard throughout this interview, I think it's a challenge to each one of us to make sure that we are continually growing, we are continually getting better, that that we are under absolutely no commitment at all to be the same person we were five minutes ago or five years ago. We need to grow. You mentioned that you that you learn through books, audiobooks. And that this is one way that you continue to level up. Is there a, is there a book that has made a, a significant difference in your journey that you would recommend that every leader listening add to their to read list? Uh, this is uh, 
not the typical answer, I'm sure, but read the Bible. <laughs> if, I, if I'm only going to give you one book to read, it's the 4,000-year-old the instruction manual that God gave us to live life, because everything to me stems from there. If if I had to give only one book, and then my favorite or one of my favorites is Proverbs, uh, which is, is pretty common, short, pithy, great ideas there. But there's also the, one of the ones that I think is underrated, and I think that you should go read right now if you have a Bible handy, is Ephesians. Dang, Ephesians is good. It is good. That, that's one of my favorites. But yeah, I, I would say if there was only one book, that's the one. <laughs> if you could share one piece of advice with everybody listening, so often people walk away from an episode like this with one big idea. If you could say, this is what I want that one big idea to be. This is the one thing I want you to walk away with. What would that one thing be? I feel like the, the one that we spoke about today and, and the one that has been quite beneficial in my growth is learning to lead with love and, and that example of how we take care of our little kids who are bouncing around bringing that kind of love to all our interactions especially with our team and our clients i feel like that's a good starting point the other part of that though and this is the hard part is in order to lead with love you have to learn to love yourself Ooh. And that is incredibly hard, but we can't truly love unless we love ourselves. And what I have found has helped me to love myself and love my brother better, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and it ties together all the same. There we go. Well done. <laughs> Donovan, this has been so insightful today. I appreciate you sharing so honestly and authentically from your story. I believe that's going to help every person listening. I know people are going to want to stay connected with you and continue to learn from you. What's the best way for them to do that? I'll give you two ways. Uh, we talked about elevating your environment so that you can have a better perspective. And hey, we don't always have the right people around us. So where do we get them? I have a collection of them for you over at thepodcastfactory.com. Look at the client showcase tons and tons of shows, probably over 100 at least, different hosts with uplifting messages with inspiration for you, with some different perspective that could change your life. That's number one. Number two, if you have a, a, a mission, a message, and you need to connect with more people, the podcastfactory.com forward slash call, I can do my best to give you, give you what you want and what you need. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Love that. And I think you're going to be pretty authentic when you do. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. As we wrap up, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you find value here, I'd love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to discover this podcast. Second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you and we'll get one right out. My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as possible. 
This book captures principles that I've learned in 20 plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and the local church. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm currently learning and thinking about. And if you're ready to take a next step with a coach to help you intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me. Stay tuned for our next episode next week. Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.